What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by hy V and Toyson Ford. I'm Dan Casper, and a big thanks for joining me on this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. We're going to talk some Milwaukee Bucks. Is there some drama brewing amongst this team with a brand new head coach and all their superstars and all-stars on this team? An exit from the in-season tournament against the Pacers. Did we... Are we starting to see some some drama, maybe some cracks already? First quarter of the season into this team, or much ado about nothing? Plus, we got some Packers to talk about. Packers, Giants, Monday Night Football tonight. So let's lead things off on this episode of the podcast, talking some football. Let's get it started. Breaking down this Monday Night matchup. Packers, Giants, the Packers have a shot to increase the gap a little bit in terms of the teams chasing them for a playoff spot. Seattle lost. The Rams lost. A Packers win would move them to 7-6. and six. Could have almost taken over uh, the, the Vikings if the Vikings you know, didn't score a whopping three points yesterday against the Raiders. But uh, they got a chance yet. So... Packers have a chance to increase that gap here just a little bit. Just just a little bit here. But uh, they did beat uh, the Rams, so they have a tiebreaker against them and such. So, But how do the Packers get that win tonight? What's your key matchups? What's the, what's the keys to victory? You know, when you look at this, the, the, the Giants here for a little bit, just to kind of give you a little bit of a scouting report on the, uh, on the, on the uh, New York Giants. Their offense stinks. Okay, just just put it mildly, they stink on offense. But coming off of a ten to seven victory uh, against the the Patriots, they're actually riding a two game winning streak right now. Uh, they they put up thirty one uh, against the Commanders, and they got that uh, thirty one to nineteen victory. But overall, their offense stinks. You know, Daniel Jones, even when he was out there not putting up the numbers that he was last year that garnered him a big-time contract in the in the offseason. So now we've got, you know, the a lot of people's new favorite backup quarterback, Tommy DeVito, who's played in five games, seven touchdowns, three interceptions, actually a lot better numbers than uh, than what Daniel Jones was putting up. But still, just averaging 139, just a skosh under 140 yards per game. You got Tyrod Taylor that has been practicing, uh, activated, right? That that practice window uh, over there. But it's gonna be it's gonna be Tommy DeVito's show. It's gonna be a Tommy DeVito show. Um. Brian Dable did make that announcement uh, the other day that uh, they will start Tommy DeVito. But, I I mean, again, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if DeVito's really struggling, especially in the first half, do they make a switch to to Tyrod Taylor in the second half? I I wouldn't completely throw it out the window. But back to the offensive standpoint, it stinks this year for, for the Giants. I mean, when you look at where they kind of rank in a lot of categories, they're either last or second to last or just right near the bottom. 
you know, total yards per game, dead last, 258.7. The second worst team is the Jets, 266.8. And you kind of wonder how much did Zach Wilson's passing performance yesterday uh, affect that number. You want to break it down, dead last in passing yards per game, 151.6. Rushing, Saquon Barkley over there, better. In fact, they're just right above Green Bay in terms of ranking. Uh, New York averaging 107 yards on the ground. Green Bay is behind them next in the pecking order at 104.9. But the Giants, they ain't scoring any points either. They're second worst in the entire league in points per game, 13.3. The only team worse than them is the Patriots at 13. So defensively with Wink Martindale and you know being the coordinator over there eh, not that much better. They're uh they're towards the bottom here too. 364.3 yards per game they are given up. 364.3. They uh are allowing 228.3 through the air. And are right next to Green Bay in terms of the most yardage given up on the ground. Green Bay is the third worst in the entire league, giving up 136.3. The Giants, fourth worst, 136.1. And points allowed per game. The Giants, well, that's been a big bug of Green Bay's, you know, the bend don't break. When you look at points. Given up per game, Green Bay's in the top or half, giving up 20.3. Um, and you look at uh, the Giants, 24.3. Okay, so that's where some of the numbers are at with this Giants team. Offense stinks. Defense struggling in a lot of categories as well. you got a backup quarterback playing in this game again. Social media love for DeVito. Now he's, he's riled up the fan base here a little bit. My One of my biggest concerns heading into this game, on the Packers side of things, though, don't let this turn into that Pittsburgh game that we saw a month ago. Don't let this game turn into that Pittsburgh game, meaning don't let the Giants and Saquon Barkley do whatever the heck they want to do on the ground against you. You know, that, that Steelers game, that was that was that game, too, where, you know, you had some back cornerbacks in, Carrington Valentine, Valentine, you know, making their first starts and such, and you're thinking, okay, are the Steelers going to attack that? Kenny Pickett, you know, is he going to attack that with George Pickens and Johnson and such? No, they didn't. What did the Steelers do? Ran the ball down their throats. They didn't care that Green Bay had a seventh-round rookie and a practice squad player starting at the cornerback spot. They didn't target that. They shoved the ball down their throat by running the football. So if I'm Green Bay and I'm Joe Barry and I'm looking at this game, I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking at, like, what the heck did we do wrong in that Steelers game? You let them run the ball. Don't let the Giants do what the Steelers did to you a month ago. You know, there was a 
there was a quarterback rating nugget that was floated out there after the game last Sunday night against the Chiefs. And apparently, it's just a couple games worth, so not 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 a huge sample size. But apparently, Patrick Mahomes struggles going up against Joe Barry defenses. Uh, his lowest quarterback rating, on average, go is is against Joe Barry. It's that's a that's it's that's a cool number. It's a cool statistic. It's a cool little nugget, right? So Joe Barry can try. He slows down a little bit. Some of the better quarterbacks in the game. The thing is. You can't play that same style of defense like you do against Patrick Mahomes than what you do against teams like the Giants tonight. Okay, Tommy DeVito is not Patrick Mahomes. You don't prepare the same way that you would against Patrick Mahomes when you're going up against Tommy DeVito. You just don't. And if you do, that's where Joe Barry gets in his Funks, where people get incredibly frustrated with him. So yeah, two games. Patrick Mahomes, his lowest quarterback rating of any team he has faced multiple multiple times in the NFL is against Joe Barry, seventy six point eight. But you can't use that same style of defense when you go up against like the Steelers or the Giants. You just can't. So to me, that's what I'm genuinely curious and maybe a little concerned about tonight is what's the game plan defensively? You can't have the same game plan that you did last week. You can't have the same game plan maybe against like the Charger where you're trying to limit those quarterbacks. Make Tommy DeVito beat you. For crying out loud, make this kid go out there and try to throw the football around and, and beat you. Load up the boxes. Stop Quay, or, uh, I was going to say Quay Walker, but Quay Walker's probably not playing tonight. Uh, Saquon Barkley. You know, you look at the numbers, is Saquon Barkley putting up astronomical statistics and such? No. But you know what? Neither was the Steelers heading into that game either. You know, Saquon's got 697 rushing yards this year. 4.2 per carry. Played in nine games. He's only averaging 77.4 yards per game on the ground. That should still be your number one primary focus tonight. Limiting Saquon Barkley. Limiting the running game. Don't prepare the same way you would do against Mahomes and a passing quarterback. You can't. Make this kid beat you. Make him try to target Darius Slate, Darren Waller, whoever's going to be out there trying to catch some balls from him. That, to me, has got to be the number one key to victory is to load up that box and stop Saquon Barkley. You cannot let a repeat performance from the Steelers like the Steelers did just a month ago where they ran the ball down their throats. Especially, you know, great, second half, a little bit better. Don't start the game off that way where you're just letting the Giants control the clock, control the line of scrimmage. Don't let them do that. Start it off right away by just focusing on stopping the run. Extra guys, 
in the box. If that means you've got to put one of your corners on an island a few times, maybe a little bit more than you're comfortable with, eh, you got to do it. Because the last thing that Green Bay needs, if they, if, you know, for, for a playoff push, the l- absolute last thing they need is to lose tonight's game against the Giants. They got some help yesterday. Green Bay did in that playoff chase. They got that help. The absolute last thing they need right now is to lose this game against the freaking Giants. And it's going to start up front, of course, again. Can that Packers team, can that Packers defense stop the run? Can Joe Barry maybe get a little bit outside of his norm in terms of defensive styles and focus on stopping Saquon Barkley? Don't have a repeat performance from what we saw against the Steelers a month ago. You know, offensively for for Green Bay, when I look at this thing, keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Misdirection, running the football. I I think there's an opportunity. I if I were a going based off my gut, and if I were a betting man, I don't think Aaron Jones is going to play tonight. I don't think he'll play tonight. So, you know, there's opportunities there for AJ Dillon again to go out there. I, I think you still have to just just keep going with the same game plan. Not you know what I mean by game plan, not the same exact game plan, but keep doing what you've been doing the last couple of weeks. Little misdirections, confident throws from from Jordan Love. Now him and Christian Watson the last couple of weeks, they were rolling, they were humming, they were connecting. There was something building there. It'll stink not to have them out there, but you know what? Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks. It might be a game tonight for Dontavian Wicks. We may have that Dontavian Wicks game tonight. Malik Heath's probably going to get a few more snaps. But I look at a guy like Jaden Reed that we've seen him being a little bit more active in those jet sweeps and the running game, kind of using him as a Swiss Army tool, utilizing him in different ways. Maybe a little bit of a Tucker Craft game tonight here, too. But keep building that confidence. Keep doing what you're doing on offense the last couple weeks here. Making, you know, putting the defense on the heels. I think that's one of the big things that Green Bay's offense has been doing these last couple weeks is they've been putting the opposing defense on their heels. And they've been forcing their opponents to kind of chase them instead of Green Bay being the chaser, you know, trying to make these comeback wins, trying to come out in the second half and try to play a little catch up. They've been they've been the the team that's come out punching instead of taking the hits. They've been coming out and and laying the haymakers right away, scoring early on drives, scoring on their first drives, putting defenses on their heels, getting defenses to to guess and be like, oh, you know, all right, they're doing this. How do we do that? Well, now they're doing this. You know, really kind of getting deep into their their, their call sheet, continuing to be aggressive on the offensive side of things. I think is going to be key for Green Bay too. Don't don't get comfortable. Don't get complacent. Be aggressive early on. Build that confidence right away within your offense. 
I think that has been so crucial and such a big key to, to Green Bay's success these last couple weeks is that they've been building confidence early in these games. They've been a little aggressive early in these games, and that's led to some pretty darn good, solid offensive performances. We've seen it. I think they got to continue to do that. they got to go out there and continue to do that. And, you know, again, the offensive line. When, when you look at Green Bay, one guy that they're going to have to really kind of focus on here is going to be Thibodeau, the, the linebacker from Oregon. Second-year guy. So far this year, he's got 11 sacks. He's got a couple forced fumbles. Where is he lined up? Where is he at? How is Wink Martindale going to employ him and get after the quarterback? To get after Jordan Love. Can the Packers, offensive line, you know, communication up there, even Matt LaFleur, game plan it, slow him down, take him out of that game. Don't let him wreak havoc in the backfield. Don't let him get after Jordan Love. Don't let him, you know, knock him around a few times over there. The youngster can play. You know, when you look at these these numbers, defensive numbers from from the Giants and sacks, they've got 21 total sacks, 11 of them coming from Thibodeau. It's a one-man wrecking crew over there. Limit him. Slow him down. Green Bay has done a good job. You know, against that, you know, going back to Thanksgiving against the Lions, you really didn't hear Aiden Hutchinson's name a whole lot, right? They did a good job limiting him, limiting that defensive front from from the Lions. Don't let Thibodeau just be a one-man wrecking crew, kind of like what Max Max Crosby's great. He's one of the best defense players, but Max Crosby was having his way a couple months ago in the last Monday night game that we saw this team play in two months ago. Green Bay should win this game. I know it's any given Sunday, any given Monday at this point, but Green Bay is the better team. Green Bay is the better team. I feel like the only way, and maybe this is a little too cocky, too confident, too egoish, whatever, but to me, the only way Green Bay loses tonight's game is if Green Bay shoots themselves in the foot multiple times. If they're sloppy on offense, um, if they turn the ball over, if they get too cute on defense and just don't do what everybody in the world probably knows what you should do on the defensive side and that stop the run, I feel like Green Bay loses this game as, as if they do it to themselves. No offense to the Giants. I'm sorry. But I just look at this matchup, and I know Giants, hey, they've won two games in a row here too. A little bit of a win streak here, just like Green Bay. But I look at this and, like, how does, to, to me, Green Bay is the better team. And so much more to play for. They have an opportunity to widen that gap here a little bit. This is their game. This has got to be their game. And if they continue to play like they've done the last couple weeks, especially on the offensive side of things, Green Bay should come away with that W tonight. No doubt about it, they should come away with that W. But if they revert to what they were in November and October on the offensive side and they start off slow and they dig themselves a hole and they don't focus on stopping the run, it could turn into one of those games that we saw in October, 
September, beginning part of November. can definitely turn into one of those games quickly. Just keep doing what they've been doing these last couple of weeks on the offensive side. And Joe Barry, if you're listening, man, if you're listening, don't have the same game plan that you had going up against the Steelers. Okay? Just don't. Please don't. We know you got to stop the run. Make DeVito beat you through the air. Challenge him. Challenge him. And I'm bringing some pressure on him on third downs. If it's like a third and seven, if it's a third and eight, I'm telling 52 Rashawn Gary, go eat. Go feast on that guy. If you get him in those third and long situations, go after him. Make him a little uncomfortable back there. Don't necessarily always drop extra guys in coverage and just have a four-man pressure front. You get in those situations. Let let Rashawn Gary go out there and eat. Let him tee off. Let him go after. Let him let him rattle the cage a little bit. I uh, just saw Tom Pelissero, NFL Network insider, uh, a little bit ago say that Aaron Jones is not expected to play tonight against the Giants. Uh, Jones is working hard to get back. He's just not ready. So it will be the A.J. Dillon show again tonight. So I don't think anybody's really surprised by that, right? We already know Jair's out. Packers already declared him out. Jones not going to play. Quay Walker was already listed as doubtful. So you got three starters at least potentially missing a game tonight. So big night for A.J. Dillon. Again, I think Giants are have kind of been like Green Bay in terms of allowing yards on the ground this year. They're, they're right neck and neck. There's, there's yards to be had. Now I think what Green Bay and what Matt LaFleur has done a decent job of is not asking, you know, in, in the last couple weeks, I think they, they did a poor job of this earlier in the season, but I think in the last couple weeks they've done a good job of not asking A.J. Dillon to to be Aaron Jones and to do Aaron Jones things. And what they've done now is incorporate Jaden Reed more on that misdirection on those jet sweeps. That's helped a guy like A.J. Dillon trying to utilize him the best way he can you know win games he's not going to be able to do you know he's not a scat back right he's a bigger running back he's a power back he can't do the same things as an Aaron Jones can so how do you fill that void well you incorporate Jaden Reed a little bit more and they've done that to try to keep the opposing defenses a little bit more honest but there's going to be an opportunity to run the football and I think with the emergence of what we have seen from, from Jordan Love and the receiver, receivers the last couple weeks, it's going to hurt to not have Christian Watson out there. Romeo Dobbs is going to have to have a bigger role. Jaden Reed, Tucker Craft, Dontavian Wicks, I think, is a guy that has an opportunity in front of him, maybe to make some more plays. But with the emergence of this passing game from the last couple of weeks here, from what we have seen from Jordan Love, I feel like now defenses have to prepare for that a little bit more. They they can't have the the mindset, necessarily the mindset, to say, all right, we're going to load up 
stop the run. Jordan, you got to beat us with your young receivers. Defenses have to kind of respect the pass game a little bit more from, from Green Bay, which opens up things in the shorter game, in the running game now. So I still believe tonight's game is a game that if Green Bay just takes care of their business, they do their thing, they don't have any mistakes, or they limit the mistakes, and they play the same kind of style that they have been playing the last couple of weeks here, this is a win. I feel like they they the, the way they lose tonight's game is if they kind of shoot themselves in the foot in their own foot. Not to discredit the Giants or, or anything like that or to overlook them. I just feel like the way Green Bay's been playing and with what they've got in front of them, an opportunity in front of them to increase their lead a little bit in terms of a playoff spot because of the Rams and the Seahawks losing last yesterday afternoon, I feel like this is Green Bay's game to, to, to lose. So... I don't want to be too confident. I don't want to, you know, over give the impression of overlooking the Giants or anything like that. I hate when teams do that. I just, to me, this is this is this is a Green Bay win. This should be a, a Green Bay win. And you get into New York, get that win, get a little breathing room, continue to roll, keep this train rolling, keep this confidence going here. Because as we said said a little bit earlier. Right now, may not may not seem like a big difference, but if you kind of want to start to talk about playoff positioning, I know we got a, five more games here for Green Bay, four for everybody else. But if you kind of want to start about playoff positioning, seven versus a six, that six looks a lot more appealing than a seven. It's not just because six comes before seven. Take a look at who you'd be playing potentially in the first round, and I know, and I know, I I know, I know, I know. Green Bay's not going to the Super Bowl. More than likely not going to the Super Bowl. So what does it matter if it's a first-round exit, a wild-card exit, or a divisional-round exit? What does it matter, I'm sure a lot of people say. I think it matters a little bit, too. Growth. You still want to cheer for your team to do the best they can. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, if this team somehow goes to the postseason and, and wins a postseason game, your confidence is going to be flying high for, for next year, for crying out loud. It's showing that these young guys can do it, and they can get better yet. But if you're looking at it from that seventh seed, you're probably playing either the 49ers or the Eagles or the Cowboys. Sixth seed, you're probably playing the Lions. Which matchup would you rather have? A lot of ball game left. we got a ways to go yet. But after, if they get the job done tonight, if the Packers win tonight, and they go to 7-6, kind of start to look at that a little bit winter is here in the chippewa valley which means it's even more important to make sure you have a good vehicle to hit the winter roads of wisconsin need that vehicle for this winter season look no further than toys and ford in chippewa falls whether it's a car truck or suv from their new or used inventory toys and ford has the vehicle you're looking for making sure you have a good proper working vehicle is incredibly important this winter season and toys and ford knows that just give them a visit today at 1000 chippewa crossing boulevard and visit toysandford.com 
Prepare for the holidays with your local holiday headquarters, Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. Whether you're looking to prepare for a big holiday feast or looking to grab some party platters, Hy-Vee in Eau Claire has everything you need to make your holiday get-togethers extra special this year. And remember, Hy-Vee in Eau Claire is your headquarters for all of your catering needs for those work Christmas parties. From a wide selection in their meat department, bakery goods as far as the eye can see, and a massive wine and spirits department, Hy-Vee has something for everyone. Plus, get some Christmas shopping done with their new toy aisles and sports shop. Get ready for the holidays with hy V. switch gears here just uh just a skosh to uh to the bucks so what's what's going on with uh with the milwaukee bucks right now is there a little bit of drama bro we've been hearing some like rumors and and rumblings is there something going on mostly geared towards you know players and their new first year head coach adrian griffin i know uh Bill Simmons from from the Ringer uh, has kind of mentioned it a few times, a couple times uh, throughout the season. Chris Haynes, he's a senior NBA insider for TNT and Bleacher Report, uh, had a report out there that uh, Bobby Portis, quote, passionately challenged Adrian Griffin and teammates to be better after Thursday's loss in the in-season tournament. Some of the uh, stuff I'm going to bring up exactly what was what was kind of said here. So, according to uh, Bleacher Report, Portis um, Portis talked about you know in, in the locker room. I guess Adrian Griffin was you know talking about the 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 need to win the the rebounding. You know to to, to crash the boards. The Bucks were out rebounding fifty one to forty six. So when Griffin entered the locker room and began harping on the importance of winning the rebound battle, Portis uh, jumped in and stressed how essential it is for Adrian Griffin to structure the offense down the stretch of games, according to sources. As one of the leaders of the team, again, this is from Bleacher Report, Portis continued on voicing his concerns. Adrian Griffin welcomed the criticism and acknowledged he could do a better job being more aggressive with his play calling. Uh, the nine-year veteran explained that it's a two-way street. Direction is needed, and then it's up to players to execute. When asked about uh, when asked about the the report out there, Adrian Griffin said, "I won't comment on what was reported. Like I said, we're a passionate group. We hate to lose. We're a together group. I love coaching this group. We got nothing but winners and high character guys." And whatever internal dialogue happens in our locker room stays in our locker room. But we had a great, great practice today. Probably one of the best practices we've had. I love the vibe in the gym. Great energy. And then we just get ready for Chicago. Bobby Portis, when he was asked, this is according to Eric Name from The Athletic, Bobby Portis, when he was asked about the report, Bobby Portis said, don't want to speak too much about what's happening in our locker room. What happens in our locker room is sacred between us. That's how it's always been. Don't know how it got reported, but at the same time, I'm just a competitor. I love to compete. I think I'm a leader. I lead by voice, and I lead by example as well. Just some things that I've grown over my career, and I know with my time here, been here a thousand plus days now, so the guys know me. The guys know who I am. They know I wear my heart on my sleeve. I compete at a high level on a day-to-day basis, whether shots are going in or not. Whether I'm playing well or not, I'm here for the betterment of the team. 
So just being a leader, being a voice, and whoever else's opinions, outside opinions, outside of our team, that's just their opinions about me or our team. I'm here for all the right reasons. Couple things here. Um, you know, offensively, if Bobby Portis is, if this was all on the up and up, you know, and Bobby Portis kind of questioning some of the, the, the offense down the stretch, I think this kind of goes back to maybe one of the big concerns we as Bucks fans had at the start of the season when Terry Stotts left the team a week before the start of the regular season. You know, you bring in, and, and that's where a lot of, I mean, remember the the pre-NBA poll by all the GMs, too, and Terry Stotts was one of the top vote-getters for best assistant coach out there. And, you know, when he was first hired, I think a lot of us, and this was even before Damian Lillard was, was aboard, but bringing him in to, to kind of be the quote-unquote offensive coordinator, offensive coach, because Adrian Griffin was known as a defensive-minded head uh, coach, He's a first-time head coach. Terry Stotts has a ton of experience being a head coach. A lot of people, a lot of us, when that first went down, it's like, that's a good hire. You got a first-year guy bringing in a, a, an established veteran coach, and then he's known for his offense while the guy, the new head guy, is defense. It just seems like a win-win. Then, of course, Dame gets gets to the team, and with all of his time, I mean, he played the majority of part of his career under Terry Stotts in, in Portland, it just seemed like another big win. And then all of a sudden, a week before the season starts, the Bucks' number one assistant coach, who's their offensive mind head coach, leaves. And I think we all had a concern, maybe a question about, okay, is there going to be, is the offense going to suffer here a little bit? How is this? Is there a little bit of concern now? We got a first year head coach and loses his top assistant already. Was there something going on? Now, how's the offense going to look? You know, how are in-game situations going to go now when you got a first-year head coach and not that veteran? And he's got veterans on his staff too, and that, but not have a guy like Terry Stotts to kind of, you know, kind of feed off or get some opinions off, especially in tight game situations at the end. I know that was one of the things I was kind of concerned about. Is like, okay, you get into these tight games at the end. It's kind of nice to have a guy who's been there before to maybe have a, have as a sounding board. So, we've heard other reports and rumors about is there a little discord, is there a little bit of frustration? You know, what, a couple weeks into the season, we had heard that the the defense, or some of the players went to Adrian Griffin and, and asked to, you know, adjust the defense a little bit, and then Brooke Lopez followed that up by having, what, seven, eight, nine blocks in a game. There's been some give and take already within the first quarter of this regular season, it seems like between these players and, and this new coaching staff and a new head coach. And I think a lot of us assumed that there was probably going to be an adjustment, might be some close games, might be, you know, some more losses, a little, you know, maybe a little bit of a slow start to the season because there's going to be an adjustment period. And I'm sure some people are looking like this team is still 15 and 7. You know, and I know Dame said before that uh, that Pacers game, the the quote where he said, hey, we're 15-6 and six and we're still trying to learn, you know, to, to play with each other and still trying to learn our, you know, tendencies and that sort of stuff. And, and he made that as a positive because he's like, we're 15-6 and six and we're still learning. We're going to be dangerous. 
and I'm sure some people are like, they're 15 and 7 and they're having issues right now. It's because the expectations are so incredibly high for, for the Bucks this year. So incredibly high. It's championship or bust. Mindset within the team, mindset within the players, coach staff, front office, ownership group. It That's the base. So when little things aren't going right or when they're off to maybe some inconsistencies, because of that expectation, those players, a lot of those players have been there together for the last few years. Giannis, Portis, Middleton, Brooke, you know, the, the main core of those guys, they've been there for a few years now. Okay? Those guys have won a championship together. They got that taste. Pat, I know he's been missing some time with an injury, but he's been there. Those core guys. So they know what it takes to get to a championship. They know the grind. They know the difficulties to get there to win the whole thing. But they know that's also the expectation for them. And so when there's a little bit that's going wrong, when you have that pressure, it's like, okay, you know, it, it sometimes maybe it boils over a little bit. But having that that goal, that that singular goal and that expectation is championship or bust. And if there's a little bit of a crack or if there's a little bit of a down play, players are going to be frustrated. Coaches are going to be frustrated. Is it time to panic yet? I don't think so. I don't think there's a time to panic. But, again, you know, I know a lot of fans or maybe even basketball people kind of look at Christmas Day. That's when they start to pay a little bit more attention. That's kind of when they... You know, maybe start to buy in here a little bit more too. Maybe when we get to January, if there's still like some rumblings and such, you know. And I know Bill Simmons said it's just kind of weird. Uh, that was kind of his quote to, to summarize. He's like the, the the Giannis thing and the Adrian Griffin thing. It's it's kind of weird. And again, it's he knows more. He's got inside stuff. Inside info and all that than what we do. But this is Giannis's pick too, right? This was Giannis's pick for, for his head coach. Yeah, Bill Simmons' quote was, the Giannis thing is just weird, Simmons said of what he saw in the arena. Every time there's a timeout, he sits on the scorer's table for like 40 seconds. So, And we've heard that before from Simmons earlier this year about is there a little bit of discord between Giannis and and his head coach. And I guess he, he also pointed out, too, that Giannis ignored Adrian Griffin after getting subbed out. What was it, a couple weeks ago, Giannis was arguing with, with Adrian Griffin because he didn't want to come out. <laughs> it's different than what we've seen the last few years, you know, under Mike Boonholzer and such. You know, we really didn't have a whole lot of that talk. We had it once in a while. But... <laughs> I think Bill Simmons probably summed it up right. It's weird. It seems weird. And this is a guy that's seeing it in person. And, you know, we're just kind of seeing it on TV or or maybe you're going to a game and such or you're reading it on, on the X slash Twitter, Facebook, blogs and that. It, it seems like a weird vibe. And maybe it's just simply for the fact that it's a new coaching staff. There's still an adjustment period. Maybe that's just the ever optimistic look on this thing. I, I, I don't know. It's still kind of new. It's still kind of raw. But are you concerned with what you're hearing coming out of Milwaukee right now? 
are you concerned about what you're hearing coming out of this Bucks team? For me, maybe a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm giving a little bit of a grace period. I'm not too overly concerned right now. But I think this is going to be a big next month coming up here. Because if we start to hear more about this and we start to maybe kind of see it now unfold in our eyes, because here's the thing. You know what's going to happen now. The more that we see this or hear about it, what are you going to do as a fan? You're going to pay more attention to it now, right? You're going to start to pay more attention to it if you're watching the game. You're going to look for, okay, is Giannis ignoring his head coach? when when they Is he high-fiving him? Is, is Damian Lillard, you know, doing anything different because now that it's out there what is it reminding you of a little bit it's yep you're gonna say it's it's Aaron Rodgers it's Green Bay and all that I'm not saying Giannis is that that but the fact that you're getting these reports and rumors out there that is there a little bit of discord between the players and the coaching staff what are you gonna do as a fan though you're gonna pay more attention to it when you're watching a game you're gonna be looking for that stuff did he ignore him there how was his interaction there how are the interaction amongst teammates? Now you're going to start to pay attention to that just a little bit more because you've heard about it. Because we've heard about it. We've heard these reports. We've heard these rumors now. And now we're going to nitpick every little thing because that's what we did in Green Bay. And that's what we do when we hear stuff like that. That's going to do it for us on this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by our good friends from Hy-Vee and Toys and Ford. As a quick reminder, if you'd be so kind to follow and subscribe to the podcast, that way you never miss another episode. And while you are there, if you wouldn't mind, be a friend. Give us a five-star rating and a positive review so others can find the podcast. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper, and I will talk to you on the next episode of the Man Cave Podcast.